bass crashes in, you know it's time to begin. And wherever you are, whenever you are, and however you happen to be listening, we're so glad you've chosen to tune in to DLC. Especially if you are one of our geeks and sneaks using this podcast to power you through a workout or a run. Maybe you're doing dishes. Maybe you're walking the dog. Whatever it is, we want to help out. We want to be in your ear holes for 90 plus minutes of gaming goodness because DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week. Delivered the way we love it to be, and that is completely free thanks to our sponsors this week, Third Love and Backblaze. They bring the show to you, DLC, of course, the show all about games and their many forms, games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles, also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff Kanata, that's spelled with two N's and one T, and I'm joined, as always, by my friend, slash co-host, slash nemesis, the guy whose fundraiser is uh, entering its final week, Christian, right? Christian Spicer, everybody. Well, yeah, we have until the end of the month, but holy moly, you all, I am so impressed and blown away. Last year, we raised over $3,000 for St. Jude. So this year, I was like, I'm going to double that goal for the month and make it $6,000. And we've already surpassed it. We're currently, as of this recording, at $6,256. Wow. Um, yeah. Awesome. It's incredible. You'll be hearing about a game I've been playing uh, later in this episode because of you all. So thank you very much. And then to take us home for the last little bit here, just because we've surpassed the goal doesn't mean you can't keep donating. It doesn't mean you won't still be helping kids fight and beat cancer and helping St. Jude uh, share their research around the world. I have a link on my website, christianspicer.com. And I have 31 codes of my 2017 number one on iTunes, number six on Billboard Comedy Charts comedy album that I will give away digital codes for to the first 31 people who donate between now and the end of the month. So let's keep helping kids um, and just keep blowing me away. You all are absolutely incredible. I'm uh, overwhelmed. It's awesome, man. I love that you do this every year. And uh, I'm glad that our community and your community have have come through. It's awesome. Uh, And uh, let's keep, yeah, let's keep on trucking through the end of the month, get more money to uh, really what is the most worthwhile cause uh, that I can think of. It's incredible. All right. Uh, we are going to talk video games and we have an awesome guest, ladies and gentlemen. You know, the DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But this week, oh man, I'm excited because DLC stands for dog liker Chloe. Because we have (laughs) actress and self-professed liker of dogs, but not in a weird way. The internet zone. (laughs) Chloe Dykstra is with us. Hey, Chloe. Hey, Jeff. That's really funny. I love that's like, it's perfect. All that you need to know is pretty much in my Twitter bio, to be honest. <laughs> well, Thank you so well, much we, for having me. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to talk about video games, potentially dogs, if they come up somehow in conversation, <laughs> not in a weird way. Right. Um, not in a weird way. Not well, in a weird it's way. been, uh, it's been a long time coming. I'm su- super glad to have you on and uh, let's get right into it and start the show the way we always do with story of the week. Story of the week, it's the story of the week. Story of the week, it's the story of the week. Story of the week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happened in the world of games this week. You can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com or by visiting our subreddit. That's 5x5dlc.reddit.com. Fun folks, good community. I recommend you give it a visit. But Chloe, you are our guest, so you get first pick of stories. What would you oh, consider to be, yeah, your story of the week? 
Okay. All right. Well, hold on. So I have a bunch of stories right in front of me. Um, you know, it's funny because I was up at IGN a couple of days ago and we were actually talking about Minecraft Earth. I think that yeah. might be a fun one to start with. For sure. It's incredible. It's, you know, we've been waiting for this next wave of Pokemon Go-esque uh, augmented reality games. And this seems like the next real massive one. Microsoft announced Minecraft Earth which in the in the same vein as Pokemon Go is a get out in the world and play this video game through your phone and affect the world, look through the phone and see things. In this case, of course, it's Minecraft. Build blocks and construct things, earn materials, I guess, and construct things. They didn't really give many details on how the game is actually going to work, but uh, it certainly looks cool. What, what was your feeling? I watched your IGN video about it. I know you guys were worried <laughs> about it. All right. I won't say what we said in the IGN video. Not safe for work material. Yeah. yeah. It's not safe but, for work. Um, <laughs> look, uh, apart from what I said in the IGN video, uh, I don't quite understand. Like, okay, so Pokemon Go was something that was – it was a phenomenon. Like, like everybody – Everyone was playing it and their moms were playing it. Their moms couldn't even pronounce the name of the game. They'd be like, <laughs> it's like Pokemon, you know, they, they, you know, it was this huge phenomenon and I live in LA. So, you know, we, I would drive around and I'd go pick up Pokemon. I see other people are picking up Pokemon. We go to the Pokemon stops. Like I used to go down to um, Echo Park Lake and there was like 45, 50 people just sitting around catching water Pokemon because we don't have a lot of water here in LA. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was something so special and so rare. And now we're doing this Minecraft Earth thing. And I don't really understand how is it going to get people to get up and move around. Like, I don't, I don't see that there's not, there doesn't seem to be a huge incentive. And not only that, like, I know Minecraft is what the second big, biggest game. Is it the second biggest yeah, of all time? Oh, yeah, of, yeah, um, in the top three at least. But who's playing it? It's children. <laughs> it's all children. Yeah, and that's a good point. There, I, I am nervous about seven to ten year olds walking around town alone and building things out in, the, in alleyways and stuff. That's like my biggest concern because Minecraft's yeah. audience is so young, um, as opposed to Pokemon, which I think you know span generations. Yeah, um, yeah, well, that's true. I, it's an interesting thought because I, I think you're right that it, it is it is a young person's game. Although it's been around long enough now that some people are aging into you know nostalgia for well, we've, <laughs> Minecraft. We played it like you you guys yeah. have both played it. Every everyone's played sure, it, sure. but it's about the incentive to go out and play it in the world. No, I'm good, thanks. Like <laughs> I would rather <laughs> stay at home and play Minecraft on my computer if I'm going to play Minecraft, you know, as opposed to I mean, I might like wander around once and see what people have built, but I don't I don't expect Well, I guess we need lot. to know we need to know more about how it's actually going to work because I think it has the potential of being really cool. I I think two things about this. The first is it's crazy that they beat Lego to market on this idea, yeah. right? Because Lego should have done this three, four, five years ago. Absolutely, um, yeah. And it's it's wild that that Minecraft. I guess because Microsoft owns Minecraft, that that gave them a leg up. But man, I I would love this in with Lego because I have my heart is more with Lego than it is with Minecraft. And they but, they did show that uh, not world scale, but they showed like table scale Lego at what last year's WWDC on Apple. They had like a Lego yeah. AR demo, um, but right. no real world implementation of it yet that I'm aware of. The second thing that I think is that 
this stuff I think is, is still going to be, I mean, I know that Pokemon go is huge and I don't want to discount that. And this may very well be huge as well. In fact, I talked to somebody who's actually played this already. And I can't say who, and I can't say what, but they were very, Thank you. if you do, I will get in a lot of trouble. Snitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were very impressed with it. Uh, and they had, had thought it's going to be very big, but I am, I really don't think these things are really going to take off until we have stuff mounted to our faces. Yes, I completely agree. I was just going to say that. We don't have HoloLens available for consumers yet. I mean, if you have glasses uh, that you know can project the, this AR reality, I mean, that would be a very cool thing. But, I mean, have you tried the HoloLens? I'm sure you have. Yeah. yeah. It, it has such a limited uh, field of view. Field of view. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's not quite – there yet. Like I see the potential. It's so cool, but it's, it's not quite there yet. And I just don't really see this particular thing taking off exactly how you're saying. I I don't see it unless, you know, it's easy. You know, I mean, it does give a preview into what the world is going to be like in 10 years where we're literally just looking at the world we want to look at instead of the actual world. You know, it'll be, it's going to be wild because I think this is just, the harbinger of where things go when we all do have glasses that we wear and you can just choose to look at a world that doesn't actually exist. Um, well, it's terrifying. all day long. That's terrifying. Do you remember, did you see that short film? Uh, it came out, it, this is kind of an old one. It came out years ago and I can't remember where it took place. It was either in China or Japan. Um, the one with like advertising yes, on every surface. Yes. That, yeah. that video scared the heck out of me because I'm like, it's what the world is going to be That's where it's we're going to be. Absolutely. Cause remember we're like, Oh, yeah. one day we'll have little tiny things, screens that we can, well, you know, you, you know, that we could just look at stuff on. We can always ac- access the internet and send each other videos and pictures. And now we have them. And that was like, what, what, 10, 15 years ago, we were just like, Oh my God. Right. And now we're just, it's nothing. We're just like, Oh yeah, it's our iPhones. We're that's well, literally I- the way we will be living. Yes. And and I think it scares you and it scares me only because we are of a generation that knows that that's not how the world is supposed to work. But my kids are going to grow up in a world where that's normal and they're going to be like, yeah, no, I get to decide how I look to other people when somebody, you know, I get to, if I want to be a big pink unicorn, I can be a big pink unicorn. Yeah. I can force you to see me that uh, way. And that's how I want to be. Uh, you know, it's like, anyway, but it's black mirror. Like that's the why black mirror <laughs> exists is because it's all it's all too real. All of it's, it's all too happening. real. Yeah. Uh, Christian Spicer, what do you think of Minecraft Earth? Do you think it's it's tech that's too soon, or do you think it's going to be a big hit like Pokemon Go? Yeah, I think I'm going to disagree with both of you. I, I think this is going to be a, a huge hit, and I think to argue that this already isn't a huge hit until we have things on our face misunderstands how huge of a hit Pokemon Go is. It's like $2.5 billion dollars. I think in January, the last numbers I could find, it made 70 million. Uh, you don't have that strapped to your face. That's a huge hit. Uh, I live in a place um, in the LA area that's a f- more family oriented than the middle of Hollywood. And I see a lot of kids playing with their parents. Um, it's still very popular. Minecraft, while it does maybe skew younger, those aren't kids that made the you know Millennium Falcon and a complete Death Star and... Uh, Hogwarts and all of those things that are incredible builds that are in Minecraft. Those are adults with a lot of time and precision um, putting those things together. And I think what brings people out into the real world are the collectibles. So it's collecting the pieces or, and, and I believe Minecraft Earth, there's like permanent status to things that are built out there. So it's going and seeing things that other people have built. 
aside from the genitalia <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and adding on to it. And I think they've talked about the way they mean it to be um, where you can, the way they're trying to uh, limit griefing. So you can come in and like mess something up, but then the the creator of it can put it back. Um, I think they're doing really cool stuff. And I think this is going to be huge if done right. And I think, would it be huger when we have the screen on our face? Probably, yeah. But I think what's so smart about AR is how easy it is to get into the tech without knowing that you're doing it. Because as you both mentioned, we have iPhones or Androids. We have these phones with us all the time and we're used to staring at them. And now these AR apps get us staring through them and it's doing the same thing we've been doing for years anyway. But now we're interacting with this new, really cool future tech that whenever the glasses come out, that will feel like an easy adoption instead of this weird, here, put on this Oculus Quest and your mom being like, well, what is this? This is weird. It's like, oh, it's just like what you're doing before. It's just like Minecraft uh, Earth. Now you just have this, you wear these you know, cool glasses to do it. So I think it's a really smart way to get this tech in front of people. It's a way that feels familiar. It's on a device we all already have. Uh, the point I think Blizzard tried to make with Diablo Mobile. Um, and so I think it's going to be very big. Minecraft remains very huge. And getting people out in the world, collecting these blocks and building these things. And also they talked about, there's I don't know the details of it, but some form of adventure mode where you're actually out battling creepers and stuff like that. Right. I think this has the potential to be the biggest thing that's stuff. I mean, I, I want to push back slightly. Oh, go ahead. Claire. Oh yeah. I just have a, I'm, I'm curious because uh, Christian, I, I, I believe that you believe that it's going to be huge, but my question is, should it be huge? Because <laughs> do we really want, like we do, we really want to just put phones in the hands of children and tell them like getting them out of the house is one of the only times they're not going to be sitting on iPads and computers. And now we're going to put phones in their hands and be like, not play Minecraft out here. Instead of actually looking at the world there, they'll be looking at the world and through a video game, you know? Um, yeah. Do you yeah, want your I, kids playing this Christian? Would you want your girls doing it? Yeah. I, yes. I think that is a parenting thing and different parents have different issues and limits on screen time. And it's like anything else. I, I think that, yes, you should be on top of it and it's not an all the time thing. And if it creates, you know, huge temper tantrums or fights or whatever, you need to reevaluate what that is. But those problems have existed since I was a kid, at least. And it's you got to sit farther away from the TV or no, you can't watch G.I. Joe or you're done playing Zelda for the day. You know, there's always been those limits on tech. Um, Twisted sister, we're not going to take it right. Like <laughs> there's been the pushback on what kids are doing and what parents want them to do. I think since there's been kids, um, it, the, your broader question, Chloe, do I think this is a good thing? I mean, I'm an old and, and I, I love tech, but I do find it scary. So yes, I, I do think that tech is scary, but I also think Facebook is far scarier than what Minecraft Earth is. Yeah, Black so. Mirror isn't a no, show I, for youngs. I agree. It's a show for olds. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we I think the three of us have all grown up and watched tech become what it has become. And I think that in the past de two decades, tech has grown in a way that it, the world has never seen it grown. And we've evolved as a culture um, to sort of fit into these. In, it's 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 terrifying. Like there's there's higher rates of depression because of tech. But at the same time, tech is an amazing thing that does does it, it has uh, reformed our medical system. All of this stuff. I mean, this is a hugely broad conversation. But this in itself is kind of like a micro version of the macro question of. Of like, do we really want to be introducing kids to 
phone games that will keep them looking down at their phone instead of looking at the world around them and having conversations with other people, you know? Yeah. I want to push back on Christian slightly in a, in a different regard. And and I I don't think, I don't think you're, I'm not, I'm not unconvinced that it's going to be huge. I mean, Minecraft is huge. Minecraft is huge. And this is a novel, interesting, cool way to engage with Minecraft. So I'm fairly certain it will be a success, a big success. And probably, you know, like I said, I've heard that it is very impressive, but I do, I don't think that it is an apples to apples comparison with Pokemon Go because I, and, and this is, I'm probably not as experienced a player of Pokemon Go, even as you, Chloe, but (laughs) it might, my sense is that the draw to that game had less to do with the AR-ness of it and more to do with you got to collect them all. Yep. And in order to do that, you got to get out in the world. And Christian, you bring up the fact that there will be collectible stuff in Minecraft. And that may very well end up being a significant tug and pull for players. But I don't think it is the reason you show up. It seems like the reason you show up for this game is to see big, cool structures built in the real world. And I think that's very different things that that these two games are stressing. One is like, yeah, hey, it's cool that you see Pokemon, you know, standing in the park, but that's not really why you're playing it. What you're playing it is because you had to go to the park to collect the thing because you want to collect them all. And Minecraft is more like, hey, isn't it amazing the thing that someone built in the park? Yeah, uh, no. Come out and look at it. Absolutely. And also for most Pokemon Go players, when it first was uh when it first came out, we all we all turned the AR off because it was killing our battery life. Right. So there was no yeah. real AR aspect to it, you know? It this is I, people make these comparisons uh to Pokemon Go, and I see it, but they're two very different games for different reasons. They don't have the same draws. They don't have the same reasons to play. Yeah. Anyway, it's going to be very cool. Uh, I guess it's uh, we're going to find out more about it relatively soon, and it's coming out later this year. So um, beta, beta this summer and then later this year on phones. So Minecraft Earth, stay tuned, I guess. Uh, Christian <laughs> Spicer, what is, what is your story of the week? My story of the week, uh, everybody, if you know me well enough, you know I love I love sales. I love, you know, deals, slick deals, uh, cheap-ass gamer, my friends over there, uh, big fans. I'm big fans of saving money on video games. Um, so when the Epic Store sale launched, I was all over it. I was all over it. I don't know if either of you followed the um, continuing drama with the Epic Store sale. But when it launched, it launched uh, the Epic Store. You know, it has its problems, but it's, <laughs> it's buying up. Ex- it's buying up exclusives and it's doing the whole tugging thing. tugging my collar right now? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it has it has uh, issues, but uh, I'm a friend of sales. So I went to check it out and what they were offering was up to, I believe, 75% off, you know, like that was the max off on some games. And then on top of that, any game that was $14.99 or more, Epic would take $10 off. And they were saying that was Epic taking the $10 off, not that money would not come from the publisher. So if the publisher's game was $19.99, um, the publisher would still get credit for a sale at $19.99, but Epic would give you $10 back. So you, the purchaser, would only pay $9.99 for this. Um, full disclosure, I bought, I pre-ordered, I don't typically pre-order, but I pre-ordered uh, John Wick Hex through the sale. So I have a little skin in the sale game because it ended up costing me $8. Oh. Um, I got the whole game cheaper than the John Wick skin in Fortnite. So I figured, <laughs> <laughs> I figured that was worth it. That's a good um, deal. 
Yeah, it's a good deal. Uh, and so I was all about it. I kept almost buying Borderlands 3 or Control <sighs> because you could get them for 39 bucks. And then, <sighs> and then shoes started dropping. Uh, publisher started pulling their games off of the Epic Store or saying they were unavailable, but they'll come back later. <laughs> Cough when the sale's over. Uh, and it looks like there was just bad communication between this pricing, how things are going to be done, variable pricing across regions. Some games were very cheap and publishers being very upset by it. And so it seems like another kind of black eye in Epic's, you know, store domination and the Epic store still doesn't have a cart. Uh, there's no real sorting of games. If you want to find a game, hopefully you know its name or you just scroll through a, a list of games um so chloe i know you have some thoughts so i'll let you loosen out that hot air from the collar and express well uh, i mean look i don't have a whole lot of thoughts about this namely just because i like uh when it comes to sales it's awesome uh you know uh, sales are awesome just in general um personally for me you know when a game comes out like i like a lot of indie games and i like to give the money to the developer so sales you know i it's nice that the money's coming from Epic and not from the developers or the the publishers. Um, I don't know. I just, honestly, I've, this is, this is tough. I, I spend a lot of time, but I mean, I spend most of my money on steam and I don't like branching out to Epic or origin and all that stuff because it just feels like my games are disorganized and it frustrates me because I have mild OCD. Uh, but I, I, you know, I just think that this was just sort of a disjointed situation. Like a lot of people are not fans of the Epic Store. Um, yes, I know that. Uh, and I this isn't going to garner any new ones. <laughs> I don't think that it will. But I also think that ultimately, if people want to play games and uh, exclusively on the Epic Store, people are going to buy the games on the Epic Store. Um, I'm still I I refuse to pre-order uh any game but especially Borderlands 3. Um I'm <laughs> I I love the people at Gearbox uh, uh most of them and uh I want to support most of those people. <laughs> but I still want to wait to see what happens uh with that game because I still don't feel like we have enough information on it before, you know. I, ideally, I don't. I don't want to pre-order anything because I don't support pre-ordering because I think that it, yes. that that contributes to a lot of problems in the game industry. But it's a wise position to take. It really is. And if more people took that position, I think the games industry would change fundamentally. Um, Jeff, so. you were there when I did it. Where were you? You were not. In, you weren't any help. You were there. I was when there I when you, yeah, you were like, "This is a great deal. I'm going crazy." Uh, but I get it. <laughs> yeah, if it, like that, that is a good deal. Like instead of paying the sixty dollars, yeah. but that's a whole other story. But. I feel like this store thing, it's like one potential to be good for consumers. But on the other hand, Epic, like buying up exclusives doesn't feel great for consumers. And then it just feels really mismanaged for trying to shepherd these publisher relations where you don't communicate your sales to what's happening. Like, Jeff, I'm curious if, you know, if you followed this story at all or or kind of what you thought. I think this is growing pains, right? I mean, they are yeah. Epic Store is entering a market that is fully mature, right? Their mm-hmm. their co- major competitor. I I wish I had the information in front of me. I don't, but I you know, Steam was around for a lot of years before Steam sales happened, right? They evolved into that. They grew and grew and grew organically, and then at a certain point, Steam sales became a thing, and then at another point, Steam sales became this massive thing right and so epic 
comes into this fully matured market where that's what people expect from a PC game store. And they're trying to do something that it took years and lots of learning steps for valve to pull off. And so I'm not trying to make excuses that it, it really is unfortunate that this fell on its face the way it did. And I'm sure no one wanted that. And it's not good. It doesn't, it does, as I said, it does not garner new fans of the Epic game store, but I also feel like this stuff's hard, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, they're trying to do very ambitious things, you know, starting at 10 instead of starting at one, you know? So um, I think it's to be expected that some of this stuff is going to be clunky that, you know, th- this thing wasn't launched with all of the features that steam has because steam didn't launch with all the features that steam has. Right. But they're entering a market where steam does have those features now. So yeah. 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 It's hard. It's hard to judge them, but you sort of can't not judge them. They're entering this market. So they're expected. That's, that's who their competition is. Also, I had a friend. Oh, oh, go no, ahead, you, you go ahead. I said, I had a friend who was pre purchasing Borderlands uh, and then like waffled for a minute and got up for their story and went back to the computer and it had changed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's not a good look. You know, it's like, that's Ooh. it's like you're at Best Buy holding the game. You're like, oh, I'll, I'll walk around the rest of the store. Let me see. And then like an employee comes by, takes the game out of your <laughs> hand, walks away. It's, it's yeah. tough. It is tough. And, and the thing is, look, I have, it's tough. I, you guys know being in the game industry, I have a lot of friends at Epic and I, I adore a lot of the people at Epic. Um, and I, but I also think that Epic is, literally epic is one of the biggest <laughs> companies in gaming currently um so it should it should not be like this like they should it should have been sorted at this point right. before this happened um so that's on them but i also think that this isn't the end of the world people aren't losing money they're just losing the opportunity to pre-order uh, a game or they're losing, you know, I'm totally being devil's advocate here, but I think that there are bigger hills to die on in gaming. Yeah. If that, sure. if that makes sense. Um, for instance, like if, uh, well, I mean, this is dated, but like no man's sky, that's a hill to die on. You go, okay, well, uh, this is not the game that was promised to me. And yes, this is something where they were prom people were promised something and it was removed from their hands but Wait, my planets didn't have any hills chloe i was on a, a hill with planet <laughs> there is no dang sandworm i'm telling you <laughs> um no it's just i it's th- this is not losing money this is not losing an experience this is not being lied to necessarily it's just a uh a slight uh, error uh, yeah that yeah. that understandably people were upset about but uh, so what's the end of your story, Christian? Did you, did you, you got everything that you wanted to buy or did you not get everything you wanted to buy during the sweet sale? I mean, I, I, it's probably honestly for me better that some of the prices, the games went away <laughs> and the prices, you know, they weren't all so cheap because I agree with Chloe that I shouldn't pre-order games, but it is hard yeah. when, you know, the hype kicks in and it's sitting there and you're like, oh, it's so, okay, if I don't go out to eat lunch, out, out to eat for lunch three days this week, I've covered the, co- but um, I think it's more an issue of, of, epic defining who and what they are and what they want to be because are they this company that has developers best interests uh you know everybody's gonna do this get this revenue and if steam would increase their revenue share they wouldn't buy exclusives or are they a company that 
is a struggling store that's going to do anything to get someone to make their first purchase because once data shows a consumer makes their first purchase through a store, they're more likely to make their second, third, fourth, and fifth. Um, and kind of blindside publishers, like what's their goal? What's their stance? Yeah. How does deep discounting games, you know, if I could buy Borderlands 3 before it comes out, for $30, what message does that send to the games industry about the value of a game and the work that went into it? Yes. And I think those are the bigger issues that Epic Store, and again, love Fortnite, love a lot of Epic games, um, but I think as a store, as an entity, those are the things that it needs to figure out and really define its positioning before it it uh, gets a stronghold in the industry. I mean, that's the thing. Is it going to get a stronghold or is it going to remain sort of a fairly niche thing that, you know, that has Fortnite? <laughs> I mean, all the Unreal Engine logos I see before games makes me think it has all the money to get a, <laughs> to, to become a stronghold just based on if they want to keep throwing money at it, Epic can, right? Yeah, absolutely. They can. It's it's kind of like Facebook. Like if they want to make something work, right. they can pay and they can throw enough money at it that it will. But Steam has really cornered the market on uh, marketplaces. Cornered the market on yeah. marketplaces. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's it just really depends on the exclus- exclusives that they have. I think. Right. Well, my story of the week. Uh, there are big, bigger stories out there, but this is my favorite story of the week, and that is that we know that WoW Classic is <laughs> about to be released. Yes, uh, and it is. Some people have had a chance to get in early on it. And we all did, Jeff. It was 15 years ago. We all had. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I was there. I was there on day one. Um, And (laughs) this tickles me so much. So wow. Classic we know is world of Warcraft has been out for a decade or more uh, now and has multiple expansions and has been altered and patched and changed over, over years. And a bunch of people really wanted to play the game as it originally was released. And they had their own sort of pirate server up, with the classic version of wow blizzard forced them to take it down but said hey we'll put out our own wow classic and so now that is actually happening much to this thunderous appreciative response from the audience saying finally we get to play the game as it was originally released well this to me is the perfect story that explains like people don't even know what they're excited about (laughs) because because a bunch of players uh blizzard (laughs) released a a list of people have reported bugs that aren't bugs. It's just how the game used to play. <laughs> and so they released a list of uh, the following is a list of commonly reported gameplay in WoW Classic that is not actually a bug and it is working as we expect it to, <laughs> including uh, quest objectives and points of interest are not tracked on your map or mini map. Oh, God. Um, Creature respawn rates are much slower than in Battle for Azeroth, which is the le- latest expansion. Yeah, that's how it used to be. Mm-hmm. And it was terrible. Standing on top of other players while facing away <laughs> allows spells and attacks to be used. Uh, NPCs, which offer multiple quests, may c- inconsistently display them as a dot or an uh, exclamation point on the available quest list. Quests that are too low for you do not show up on the in the game world. So many things that people are like, the game's broken. <laughs> Fix it. And it's like, no, this is what you wanted. <laughs> you, we, we did fix this. We haven't been improving this game over many years. You wanted us to take away the fixes. And now you're complaining that we took away the fixes. <laughs> uh, so I, anyway, it just tickles me. I think it's funny. But it's also, I think, maybe a, a more interesting topic to bring up mm-hmm. is 
our interaction with nostalgia and what we think we want versus what we want. I know that's vague, but Chloe, I wonder if you understand what I mean and, and I what do. you think about it. No, I absolutely do. I mean, it's one of those things where how does it hold up, right? You, you think about like Disney Channel's so weird. Does that show still hold up? I don't know, but it was great when I, when I watched it when I was like yeah, my memory of it seven is great. years old. Um, I I mean, if you watch an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? I know. I'm sorry. I'm I'm talking specifically about TV shows, but like Are You Afraid of the Dark? Went back and watched it, guys. Not as crazy as it was. It wasn't well. It's not that scary. Just so you know. <laughs> um, I think that people wanted, you know, Vanilla Wow. And I think that what what they wanted was sort of like the Resident Evil Two version of Vanilla Wow, right? I think they wanted the updates, like I think they wanted the things that made the game better, but you still had Vanilla Wow. Um, Because I played Wow not when it first came out. God, how old was I? God, it was it was probably about twelve, thirteen years ago, Uh, uh, and I had played it. Actually, very recently in the past couple months, I went back and and played Battle Battle for Azeroth, um, and they are two very significantly different games. Um, but it's it also depends on what you were playing the game for. Were you playing it for role playing? Were you playing it because you really liked uh, to raid with your friends? Like what what were you playing the game for? And I think that ultimately. If I were in charge of this project, I probably would have just given them Vanilla WoW and then updated the things that made the game easier to play. Right. It's a tough, that's a tough decision to make. You know, there's a lot of really granular decisions there that's like, well, is this Mm -hmm. what made the game what it was? Or is this something that, you know, should be updated? Um, Christian, I know that you are spending a lot of time these days playing retro games, you know, digging out old cartridges for your Genesis and all that. Uh, And so you're kind of dealing with this firsthand. We've talked about it a little bit in regard to those games. What do you think about this story? Yeah. I I mean, I love that they released this list and I think if they were to, this this is what vanilla wow is and should be. I think, I think if they were to go through and in like, like Chloe mentioned, do the resident evil two version of it, that's a very different game and a much more expensive one to make. And that is the one that the probably fans more fans would like better but i think there's there's something quaint and cool about releasing this you know vanilla wow out for people to play because video games now one thing we talk about is how um if you're a big wow fan and you grew up playing wow the way you know i was playing 8-bit 16-bit games there's not that way to go experience those games again so you're doing your own charity stream and you want to play the wow you loved when you were a kid you can't do that. Um, and the game, yeah, it's not I think, locked in time and yeah, like the way a cartridge was from our youth. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and I think the game is better today. WoW is better today than it ever was. But that's like saying Forza Horizon Three is better than Virtual Racing on the Genesis. <laughs> yes, of course it is. But do I still love you know firing up Virtual Racing to stream for a little while or just to sit back and play and listen to the loading screen of Outrun all day? Yeah, is the music better in Forza Horizon? Yeah, probably. Um, but there's something very neat about having that time capsule version of a game that gave you so much joy. And I, I hope to see other, you know, huge. I don't. I don't expect it from all the games because I imagine this is still a pretty significant undertaking. But I'd hope to see other very large digital games do something like this. Second like, Life. 
that'd be great. I was going to say Fortnite 10 years from now, like, you know, that game is very different uh, today than it was before. Not only just in the, how the map evolved and changed, but in the it's weapons. a wave shooter. <laughs> it, it was a wave shooter that Cliffy B was making. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, Good old Cliffy. Uh, but yeah, I think it's really cool. I, I, I think it's really cool, but I also like the education that's happening because a game as big as WoW, um, more people are going to jump into it, I think, than just the diehard, you know, carried the vanilla WoW flag before this was a thing. And so I think it's, yes, it's very important to say, yeah, yeah, yeah we get it. <laughs> we get it. But this is what it was. This is what it's going to be. Well, uh, enjoy. There's a really simple solution to all of this. Exactly. It's called an option menu. Well, there you go. Yeah, check boxes. Yeah, yeah, check them off. Like, just go give them those options. You know, I mean, I think that Torrens hit boxes. That's like not an example. Uh, that's I'm seeing listed here. The Torrens hit boxes and their melee reach slightly larger than the other races. Things like that, for instance, you can't exactly tick off in your options. But you know, having the the NPCs the with the lower level situation, like you could just have that as a tick box and an option menu. And then the problem is solved. Look, I, it's funny because I went back and played second life. I had a show for a bit called please don't leave. And my friends, it was just where we would play terrible games. Um, and I remember, God, I had so much fun on second life. I was a griefer. Um, I actually ran the second, uh, biggest griefing group on second life. Uh, but we were friendly griefers. We didn't ruin anyone's experience. We just spiced it up a little bit. Uh, (laughs) Like for instance, you know, we would infiltrate the furry dens um, and as Aladdin, and uh, as there'd be hundreds of us, and we'd all be Aladdin and just make friends with the furries, and you know, we just had a good time. And and uh, I went back, and my God, that game it it looks like it looks terrible. It looks terrible. It, there's just ads everywhere. It doesn't work. It's janky. It's just very disappointing. So, I mean, that's a game that has continuously, it's, it, it, I don't think it's changed at all since it was released, to be honest. I think no one's gone. I don't think there's anybody over at the, the Linden offices or whatever that developer was called. I, I don't, it's, it's just not quite, it's, it, it's not the same experience that you had when you first started playing it. And I think it's going to be the same with vanilla. Like if you gave them people the options to have, you know, some of the more updated features of WoW, um, Maybe they'd be happier, but well, I I am embarrassed that my reaction is uh, one of kind of an old guy get off my lawn. You kids don't even know what you wanted, because, <laughs> but it, but it's genuinely how my reaction is. It's like this. This to me is like the 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 dad who you know the kids like. Oh, I, I want the I want a whole box of candy, and it's like, all right, have a whole box of candy, and then you're going to get sick. Yep. You know this is this to me is like. We have been working to improve this game over a dozen years. You guys have been begging for us to undo all that. Okay, fine. We undid it. Don't complain to us when all the stuff that you expected to do doesn't do. And I, I know that's cynical and kind of mean-spirited of me. Oh, no, it does. I mean, it but, does. When you put it that way, this does seem like a really passive-aggressive move on Blizzard's <laughs> part. It's actually quite it's like, funny. Yeah, you, wanted this, you guys wanted it so bad. This is what you get. <laughs> these and, are not bugs, you guys. <laughs> exactly. This is how we expected it to work. And these are bugs. And no, we're not going to fix them. <laughs> yeah, we did fix them. We fixed them. Play that game. It's on sale now. Uh, but, but also... I do feel like this is a representative of a kind of 
misappropriation of nostalgia that I think is rampant and is going to have more examples going forward. Another one, and I talk about this a lot on the show, but I expect this kind of thing to happen when Shenmue 3 comes yeah. out, right? Everybody is all excited about Shenmue because they don't realistically remember what Shenmue was like. And if the Shenmue 3 is actually a a legitimate, you know, authentic revisiting of that game's play style, I think it's going to disappoint a lot of people who thought they were excited for it. And I, I don't want to take joy in that or, you know, I don't want to indulge in that I told you so instinct in myself because I think that's unseemly and not useful, but it, it just feels like that kind of thing is happening over and over again, where people are like, Oh, I'm so excited for this old thing. It's like, no, you're not really, you're excited for the feeling that that old thing gave you then, but you don't actually want that because it's not as good as what we've got now. Well, that's on them in that specific example, because I, I forget if it was a re-release or if they're backwards compatible, but you can play Shenmue 1 and 2 right now. So if right. you, you don't I, remember I, what I those guess, are. I would guess a lot of people that are excited for 3 haven't, but maybe I'm just being cynical. I don't want and to I think, well, And I think, too, Jake Z said, just chatted this, that I, I bet a lot of people are liking WoW. Vanilla Wow. That's uh, true too. That's true too. I'm sure there are a lot of people, and we and we shouldn't discount the fact that there are a lot of people who are very pleased. Yes, and and maybe you just misremember something because I think that is the difference. Like I plug in, um, what do I have right next to me? Uh, Streets of Rage two. I plug in Streets of Rage two into my Mega SG and I start playing it. I know that that's what that game is supposed to be. I'm like, oh, I don't remember that glitch happening, but I know that that's the game. Whereas if you load up Vanilla Wow and you haven't played it in ten years you might not you just don't remember that that's how it's supposed to be like oh weird my hitbox is off that must be a bug that, that didn't used to be like that and so it the valve or valve blizzard makes it easy to submit that stuff uh and then they're like no 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 it is and then you're probably like oh yeah now i remember <laughs> you know it's like uh pick your movie for when you were a youth and being like the best special effects and then you watch it today and it's like uh, not that great special <laughs> effects. yeah well, uh, there's also this is a a weird example, but like sorry to bring it back to Borderlands Borderlands three, but Borderlands two came out in 2012, and then we had the pre sequel, and we had Telltale and whatever. But Borderlands two, we because we, we don't really count the pre sequel, but uh, Borderlands two was very iconic, right? That game was such a fantastic co op game, right? You have your you can play with your friends. It was it was just it was. Not I, I I don't want to say flawless, but it but it kind of was flawless. It was a great yeah, game. They nailed it. They really nailed yeah. it. It was hilarious. The story was uh like you, you could follow the story. I mean, all of everything, the combat system, everything was great. Uh and so when the Port- Borderlands 3 trailer dropped and everyone was going wild for it. But I was kind of going, well, it's just looks like Borderlands 2. Like almost and I don't really see any real updates graphically visually and then i was like i couldn't tell if i was happy about that or sad about that i was like because i want another borderlands 2 but i kind of want a better borderlands 2 but can can you improve upon borderlands 2 i mean i don't know it's very strange because i that's why i keep my expectations tempered when it comes to new video games i always go in with a tentative just sort of, I'm, I'm always tentative about it because uh, again, I'm bringing up all these, uh, No Man's Sky. I was like, it, it, the hype was so insane. I got eviscerated because I said, Hey guys, maybe we should tone down the hype a little bit. It's 12 person studio. Let's all, let's just chill. Let's just chill a little bit. 
And uh, eviscerated our video had to get taken down on Twitter. I just got <laughs> destroyed. And then the game came out. I literally got apologies from people on Twitter going, yeah. sorry, you were right. Because um, the game, it was not great, but it was fine for a 12-person studio for a small indie game. But things just get overhyped so much. And I think that that's sort of the problem with our culture, like with gamer culture. We just get so excited for these things. And when they're not exactly what we want – yeah, I'm mad. You know, <laughs> yeah. you gotta go to Twitter, get angry. Um, so I don't know. I I I I look forward to playing Vanilla WoW with all of its little non bugs and and quirks. You know, yeah. quirks. Well, maybe you know, sometime soon, instead of going to Twitter to get mad, we'll just all go outside and build something <laughs> <like> Minecraft. <laughs> oh my gosh! Can you imagine just it, just getting really mad at a neighbor, just building something terrible in the front yard? You a- genitalia in your front yard take that take it just take but it. yet only i can see it through my <laughs> phone and the other seven-year-old down the street yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're get thanks, thanks sharon that's what you get for playing music late night <laughs> me and timmy know <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's a spit take. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, moving on. We got games to talk about, but I do want to thank our first sponsor, which is Third Love. And uh, we were talking pre-show uh, a little bit about the sponsor. And Chloe, you you got really excited because Third Love is a bra company, and you said you already love them. Yeah. Well, I was surprised because I'm like Third Love sponsoring a gaming podcast is a very interesting uh, uh, connection, but I love love um i actually bought a bra from them and um they can be a little pricey but the reason they are is because they're so high quality and i i swear this is i'm not i'm not getting paid for this (laughs) i um but i own one of them and i i love it it's my favorite bra and i don't generally well hold on this is a very odd conversation to be having i generally i didn't mean to put you on the spot it's fine I generally don't really like wearing bras, and this is the one bra that I'm like, yeah, oh, I'll wear this one under a t-shirt. It's super comfy, like they're super high quality. Customer service is great. Um, they come, they even come packaged, really lovely, um, and they have this really cool system where uh, they will fit you uh, by this weird sort of program online, and yeah, they have yeah, a guarantee yeah. about it where if it doesn't fit you just right. Then you can send it back in. Like it's 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 amazing. It's very cool. Yeah, and you you listen. This is all off the top of Chloe's head. She didn't. I, we didn't prep this at all. This is literally. <laughs> Jeff, are you amazed? You just, <laughs> I am amazed. You know, I hit all my all my points that I have to hit. Uh, it, it's true. My my wife's favorite bra. She has multiple of them now. It's her favorite bra. She loves mm-hmm. Third Love. And yeah, uh, I had no idea before they sponsored our show that it's kind of a pain to get a bra fit and to have it fit correctly. And that most women are wearing ill-fitted bras and it's like uncomfortable. I just was just outside my field, field of knowledge completely. Um, but third love exists to sort of rectify that problem. As you said, they have a, <clears throat> they have a really quick quiz that you take that they have um, iterated on and perfected from over 12 million women. It's actually, that have taken it. it's amazing. They even ask like what shape, like how, like how they sit on you. Like they, they ask, there's so many different, it's not a hugely long quiz, but they really, they consider everything. It's very cool. 
And they have more bra sizes than anybody else to compensate. So they have 78 bra sizes now. They have half, half cup sizes, sizes. which is a game changer for a lady. You, yeah, la- you they, ladies know they, what I'm talking about. I love this. And hey, by the way, when you what you talked about is like I'm so proud that they sponsor our show because it means it means a lot of women listen. It means it's useful for them. And I, I'm just so proud to have them as a sponsor because they put out a good product and uh, it, it, they have trust our audience to be, you know, mature and cool about it too. It made me very um, happy to see that as well. I was like, oh, yay. Oh, that's very cool. Well, the best part is we're going to give you a discount. And you mentioned that 100% fit guarantee. You have 60 days to wear it, wash it, put it to the test. And then if you don't love it, they actually donate it to a woman in need. So even if you end up not liking Third Love, your purchase of that product, initial purchase of that product, uh, actually helps somebody out. So there's no downside in trying it. And we're going to help. Third Love knows there is a perfect bra for everyone. So right now, they're offering listeners of DLC 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash DLC now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash DLC for 15% off today. T-H-I-R-D-L-O-V-E dot com slash DLC. Doing that right now. <laughs> awesome. Who <laughs> All right, it's time to talk about the games that we have been playing. And Chloe, um, you've been playing a game that's been around a while, but it <laughs> certainly deserves repeating. You're, I have an you- I have an explanation. Everybody, hold okay. on. Okay, I'm playing Portal for like the twentieth time. <laughs> What's not to love about Portal? I'll, I mean, come on. I'll explain. <clears throat> so I have a rule: when I'm dating somebody new, they must play Portal. And Portal 2. Uh, we start off with Portal. Let's see how that goes. If they like it, we move on to Portal 2. Um, it is the best test. Uh, this sounds terrible. I sound like a terrible person, but it is the best sort of like test for a person to see like if they get frustrated when problem solving or if like you try to help them and they're like, I don't want to hear it. Like it is, I mean, it's kind of like, um, you know, going to an escape room in a weird way. Like you want to take your new significant other or somebody you're dating to an escape room. Like, all right, how can we work through this problem together? Right. Um, Right. And it is, it's, it's so much fun because then you also get to see the biggest test of all Jeff and Christian here. How long does it take before they throw in the companion cube? (laughs) Do they love that cube as much as you loved that cube when you first held it in your hands? Your beautiful baby companion cube <laughs> are they going to throw it in the incinerator or are they just are they are they going to wait and see if there's another option the guy i'm dating threw it right in the wait, incinerator there's another option <laughs> there's uh i don't know maybe there, well first of all congratulations on your new relationship thank you very much uh, second law lo- second of or all maybe I, not i mean i don't know how you felt no, about yeah. that he, cube move you he, know like he, actually, might- <laughs> he said something funny to me about it because he did throw the cube in almost immediately and i just stopped him I'm like wait wait just give it a second uh and not, don't burn the puppy yet don't burn the puppy you don't just get you will have to or you will but just wait <laughs> and he told me the reason that he did, wanted to do it is because he wanted to impress me and you know he wanted to move forward with the game I'm like oh i hadn't Aww. considered that He's like, I want to Good save. You. That's a good right? save. It was a good save, <laughs> which means he's smart. 
So a uh, keeper. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So have you played Portal enough times now where you you know all the solutions? Yes. You're just waiting to see if he can 100%. figure it out. <laughs> I've played Portal so many times. Uh, that says a lot about uh, my relationships. But uh, oh, I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> no, no. Uh, no, I played Portal. Like I played it with my dad to teach him. It's also a really good game to teach other people how to use controls or WASD oh, yeah. depending yeah. on whatever console or uh, platform you're playing on. Uh, but I played it, yeah, with a, a lot of times at this point. It's it's one of my favorite games of all time, if not well, my favorite. Let me ask you the the tough question then: uh, better game, Portal or Portal Two? Ah, man, why, 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 why are you doing me like this? The hard questions here on DLC. You know, it's, you know, I want to come to give you softballs. Well, you have to. Oh God, because if you have to take in the price point, because Portal One was on a disc with two other games. So it's yeah, essentially twenty dollars, and that you have to keep that. I don't and, think about it that way. Well, I don't think about okay, it. you know what? I'll say Portal. Dang it! Ah, that you can't. It's like it's Ocarina of Time or Portal Two. It's because <laughs> the first game was so revolutionary and so special and so unexpected. It was just like this weird little dark horse. It just, I mean, it is that is a flawless game. That game is flawless and timeless. And then the yeah, second game is spectacular and the story is amazing and you get to learn more about these characters that you're, when you first play Portal, you're like, what characters? And then the second game, it's just, I mean, it's so immersive and great. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, why did you ask me this right. question? I'm all right, confused. all right. I withdraw, I withdraw. You, you've made a good case that they are both superb and, uh, of course, we agree. For different reasons. They're both equally good for different reasons. Very good. Uh, Christian Spicer, I know that because you hit one of your fundraising goals for St. Jude's, you've been playing Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, which is a game that you did not expect to like. You didn't even really want to play it, but the people spoke and they donated the money and they got you to play it. And were you confirmed in your suspicions or did you end up liking it? Well, to, to, for quick clarification, I, I suspected I'd like it, I didn't suspect I'd ever be able to put in the time to finish it. Like, it was getting rave reviews. Uh, I liked Bloodborne, but I also just know the reality of the world in which I live in, and that usually doesn't allow for six-hour boss fights. Like, that's just not the kind of game I'll get through. Um, So I've played, I should say, um, I I have to amend when I'm going to stream the game. I'm going to stream it Wednesday night at around 8 p.m. Pacific time. I'll be streaming again, and then Friday night... Uh, around 9 p.m. Pacific time. I'll also tweet these out. I got short thing, work thing came up on the 25th, Saturday. But Wednesday and Friday, I will be streaming Sekiro. I've played about two hours, maybe two and a half hours so far. Um, People are right. It's a fantastic game. I was blown away by how fast it is. Um, I remember when I played Bloodborne, excuse me, throat clear. I remember when I played Bloodborne for the first time, I was impressed by how fast it was compared to Souls, where I was surprised, a turtle, um, <laughs> and just move slowly and block big. Um, and Bloodborne changed that with the rolls and your kind, your, your gun, um, as I guess your counter or whatever. I'm going to get the terms all wrong. I apologize, uh, hardcore Souls fans. Um, Sekiro, though, is so fast. Just the movement speed around the world is so much quicker than any of the prior games in the genre that I've played. Fights are still a little slower where, you know, you'll lock on to somebody, but it's still much faster than um, Dark Souls where it's, you have your sword 
And over time, your arm, your grapple arm, your shinobi arm can be upgraded for different attacks and things like that as well. I only have um, um, shurikens right now is where I am in the game to give you. I don't know how quickly you upgrade it, but that's where I am. Um, but it's it's constantly fighting, right? It's it's attacking and blocking with your sword, and you can jump or or kind of dodge out of the way. But when you're in, when you're engaged, trying to break stances and stuff, the combat too is is pretty quick. Um, and the environments are beautiful. I love the um, playing a game that is tense with uh, ambush around every corner and near certain death around every corner. But I also like the fact that it is not so dark and gothic the way the souls games and bloodborne are where i found those and for all i know shadows die twice might get this way i've already seen a couple of grotesque enemies but bloodborne was stressful for me just based on that world like being in that environment for so long um, was taxing oh god Uh, yeah so i I like seeing cherry blossoms (laughs) you know (laughs) flutter by um the I'm playing on Xbox One because it was forty four dollars versus everywhere else it seemed to be sixty. Um, the characters themselves I think are fine. The character models don't particularly blow me away, but that's not what I'm in the game for. But it, you know, it's what everybody said it was. It, it the combat is fantastic when you pull off when you take down an enemy that's been difficult. It feels very satisfying. But I think the hard part or the frustrating part about these games is so I. <clears throat> beat some enemy that was difficult for me to beat. And then I went around a corner and I think it was someone from far away, like shot a flaming arrow, or maybe I triggered a booby trap. I haven't gone back. I don't know what it was, but I kind of turned a corner and something exploded and I died. And, and so that's kind of that, you know, from a nostalgia retro gameplay, it's kind of that mega man approach of, okay, you enter a new board or whatever, and you die instantly. Cause you haven't figured out the pattern yet. You didn't know that thing was coming. And that's common in, in my experience in these souls games, you turn around a corner and there's a werewolf. You went the wrong way or whatever. Um, but what I find that makes it more controller breaking uh, <laughs> in something like shadows die twice or the souls games is that now I'm not just redoing that platforming section as I would in mega man or Celeste where I get reloaded and I know what I need to do to go get this strawberry to get this clear. Now it's like, well, I reload, but I lose a bunch of stuff that I've collected. Not everything, but a good amount. They're like, you know, slap you on the wrist with the ruler and all those hard enemies are there again. So it's like, it's not quite like you're just right back in it. And I'm like, I learned there's some explodey thing here. It's like, I got to get to that explodey thing. Yeah. It's kind of like, I guess, dying on a, a a boss in Mega Man and then starting at the beginning of the level again. And you're like, oh, crap, I, I don't even know if I can get to that boss again. So I appreciate it because the feeling of success for achieving cool things or accomplishing things in the game is great because of that. But there definitely was a flex on my pro controller uh when i died <laughs> it, it had to go back you know whatever that is it's only 20 minutes to get there but that's only if i can get there without dying again so gonna keep playing i i'm enjoying it i appreciate everybody's donations but are I, you I will really enjoying to- it though I am. Because I am. Based on, based on the, it, you're very positive in your discussion. Look, look, from software games are literally the most frustrating games that exist ever. <laughs> um, I think that from, sorry, to, I hope I'm not interrupting here. No, not but, at all. Uh, but they're the closest thing to the old school games that we used to have that were near impossible to beat. 
Um, which is one of the reasons that I get really frustrated. I can't do from software games and, and Sekiro looks so good and it looks like I'd have a great time. Uh, but I have to play on easy mode because <laughs> I would get so frustrated. <laughs> I mean, Dark Souls in itself, I, I mean, I almost threw my, my controller through the TV at one point yeah. or at multiple t- points because you're playing the same part over and over. And if you're coming to, I mean, I think one, the first time I played it, I came across the first boss that I couldn't beat it. I was just like, mm, you know what? Uh, I'd rather have a drink and some snacks right now. I'm just going to do that. I was, you guys, yeah. you guys keep working on this one. I just am frustrated. It, those games are very frustrating games. And I think it really depends on the experience that you're looking for. Um, yes. And I would argue, Chloe, <clears throat> that you could beat that boss. You just need to, so many video games now aren't designed this way where it's like you, I hundred percent, you are an excellent gamer. You can beat that boss, but it's going to take you three hours. And that's not how most games are these days. Yeah. Where now it's like you get to the boss, you might die once and you're like, ah, oh, but you know what, now you know what to do. This is the first time you learn the first half of their pattern. Then just because you've learned it doesn't mean you can execute it. Then you execute it. Then they change forms and uh. you're like, what the, cr-? And then you die again. Then you go back 20 minutes then you get back to it. Or sometimes you don't even get back to it. Like you could take so, like uh, two it, courses in astron- astronomy. <laughs> like at, at that point, you could literally join FEMA after like three <laughs> three bosses in this game. It's it's that's the problem is these games. Maybe identifying Cassiopeia and I'm playing this. Yeah, exactly. but imagine how good you'd feel not identifying Cassiopeia <laughs> and instead beating this well, boss. It was the same that's, thing for me with trade-off. Cuphead. Like Cuphead is a spectacularly beautiful game and it's really well built, but it's also like an old school game where it's very difficult and you have to keep doing the same thing over and over and you have to get the exact right moment and you have to, it's just, it's so frustrating and I'm not, I'm not built for that kind of game. Yeah. Yeah. Me neither at these, these days, there was a time when I was, but I I feel like for me, it's the, the equation of what I'm sitting down to get out of something. And that is, I, my time is my most precious resource mm-hmm, these days. Exactly. And, and when I sit down and I spend hours and I don't feel like I've progressed and I fully aware that the progression is in me the whole time, right? The, the, what, the, what the bargain that, that Sekiro is making with you is, yeah, you have to do this a bunch and yeah, you're going to die a bunch, but you, the player will actually improve in order to, to get past this. It's not like your character is going to level up because you put more time into it, yep. you, the person, has to level up. Yep. And I think that's a really tantalizing thing for a lot of people. But And and for me, I do enjoy that sometimes. Like I, I love that in Heroes of the Storm, for example, or, or other kinds of games. But for some reason, that bargain in From Software games, I've had a hard time finding satisfying. I, well, I, I find it... Because you're only getting it, good at that boss, and that's that. That's why. That's why I brought up like a cla- a course in astronomy because you're actually progressing. Like every minute that you put into that, you're learning more. You're, but with this, you're just learning how to beat this boss, and that's that's your time. Like for, I'm curious to know what you value in a game. Like, what's the first thing if I ask you? Like, what do you want from a game? What's the first like word you can think of? Uh, I, I, the first word that came to my head was craftsmanship. And and, and I feel like that's because I, I, the thing that I most value in video games is being inside a world that was crafted by someone, you know, like an experience that was crafted, like somebody had in their head, a feeling and and an experience they wanted to, to convey. That's that's 
Mm. <laughs> yes, but that, but that experience, and I totally get that, Christian. That is a valid. Okay, comment. but what out of that experience would you care the most about? Like, I can easily tell you, I care about story slash characters, right? That's my yeah. first instinct is to be like, you said one word, Chloe. That was three. No fair. Okay, okay, story because that includes characters. <laughs> but like, that's what I want. So, like for me, I would probably drift towards a Bioware game. Maybe not recently, but, uh, you know, old school Bioware was something that was that those games were made for me. Now, for you guys, like what's out of your gaming experience? What do you care the most about? Uh, I mean, I, I tend to I tend to love discovery. Uh, and, and there's a lot of discovery in from software games, but it's not the kind of discovery that I enjoy. <laughs> you know, it's. And and I listen. I have in, I have had fun playing some from software games. I played uh, Dark Souls two uh, with Dan Trachtenberg as my sort of Sherpa, and I had a really good time with it. But I'm just not drawn to that experience anymore. And I think to answer your question more pointedly, I like the you know I love a, like a Bethesda mm-hmm. uh, role playing game where I walk into a room and I see you know, the a teddy bear on the ground and a picture on the wall. And I'm like, Oh my God, this was the room of a kid. And uh, this thing happened to that kid. You know, I like world building and discovery and, and I like, I like story expressed through environment. And like that red kind of dead, that kind of sort of situation where you like, will come into a, just a random circumstance and there's a story happening. Oh, there. Chloe, if only you knew. <laughs> I mean, I, I bounced <laughs> off of red dead as well, but, uh, <laughs> but um yeah i mean well, i i i yeah, i'm go gonna ahead. hijack my part of the playlist back just for this little bit because i i realize uh I, I think this is all valid discussion but i want to put a bow on my end of just i this apologize game. to totally i did no, i did no, hijack your story no I, no i i like it i like it. i think it was a great discussion um so i'll say wednesday friday twitch.tv slash christian spicer if you want to see me play and see how bad of a gamer i am uh, and then I want to reiterate the things that other people we've had guests on the show that love it. I mean, the sense of accomplishment after I took down, um, I think it was like the second general. Again, terms are bad. I don't know. Um, but I was really struggling with this uh, enemy. And then I was able to successfully grapple up around. And this char- some characters you have to like get a lethal blow on multiple times. And I was able to grapple around and get one lethal blow in as like a sneak attack right from the very beginning. And when I was able to figure out how to do that, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Now I'm going to try to learn what my counters and parries and dodges are for the rest of this thing. And when I took that character down, there are few, in my opinion, few games that deliver a comparable feeling to that, mm-hmm. where I don't want to say it's like accomplishment or pride because that seems a little weird like i didn't throw a no hitter i don't know but there's like this moment like pure euphoria of just like i i did that i did that thing i worked on it over and over and over again that was amazing but then what i think is so frustratingly hard about the souls these games from software games is that right after that the game was like hey good job idiot now you're dead (laughs) you know like it immediately cuts you down that feeling is valid and and is uh, amazing and i will point to portal as being one yeah. of the games that gave me that feeling you yeah. know the first time you figure out some weird outside the box solution to a crazy room in portal you go i am a golden god i'm a genius no one else figured it out this way only me i can't believe i did it and you it, it does feel great so i get it it's just i don't know it's just not yeah. the not the 
vessel for me to get that right that experience and then to be fair i will play any game that is not for me if it means raising enough money for well, now you're <laughs> for making six. me feel bad so I'm happy. <laughs> no, no 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 i'm saying i i i'm i'm happy personally that i am playing this game i'm happy to be forced to play it um because i am enjoying it and i don't promise to beat it <laughs> by no stretch of the imagination <laughs> do i promise to beat it well um, Let's talk about the big game that came out this week, actually, uh, and a game that both you and I have played, and that is Rage 2. Yep. Christian, what do you think? First of all, what are you playing it on, and what do you think? I am playing on Xbox One. Um, Me too. Same, same. I'm playing on an S. I think you're on the fancy X, so I'm sure there's some differences there. Um, You know... Rage 2 is a very fine video game. The way I can sum up Rage 2, two two points about two big points about Rage 2. One, 2017 and 2018 to me felt like years full of must-play experiences. Like super compelling, fundamentally changing how we talk about and think about video game style experiences. 2019 thus far to me does not measure up. And Rage 2 is a game that is full of things to shoot and things to collect, and you can probably play it for 40 hours, and it feels like it's it's, it's a solid 7. Like, it's a game! Why like, did my... we need a Rage 2? Because <laughs> it's a game! Why did we that's, need those it? Those are my Bethesda, feelings. why did we need this? Bethesda, why? Well, I, I think that that question is, is even more pointed because Bethesda in in particular Bethesda why do we need this because I feel like you could have called this doom in, in a weird way and it, it doesn't feel enough not like another one of your own games it, it yeah it, it's weird I mean it, it it is like they're trying to corner the market on a very specific kind of game and they're already it's too, doing it's too big to be doom in my opinion they could have well, called yeah, it like but- single player quake <laughs> I think maybe. It's, yeah, I mean, okay, okay, fair enough. Whatever it is, it even the difference between when I played it at a preview event and now the final version, where they added in the fact that when you kill something, it drops some health for you that goes away super fast. So you got to rush for it. It's like, yeah. oh, you found that thing that worked really well in the Doom reboot, and you put it in this game mm-hmm. to make it feel more like Doom. I don't understand. You already made Doom, and you have another Doom coming out, like. You don't need to make your games more like each other, but I find Rage 2, the the gunplay to be very fun and very well done. And there are a lot of really cool power-ups that you acquire that make you able to be superhuman in lots of fun, wacky ways. You know, gravity bombs and, uh, you know, I all agree, but of- I, f- I find myself not using them. Like, I don't think they're necessarily OP, like... In my experience, like this is great, but I also have this really cool rifle that I've had from Go. Yeah, I mean, I love the wing. What is it called? The wing, the crawl, the crawl thing. What's that yeah, thing called? You're asking me a name of something in a video game. I don't know. Yeah, the, <laughs> I don't know what it's called. The giant crawl thing, you th- boomerang thing you throw. That yeah. thing's very fun, um, and it was fun in the first game. Uh, and and there are some cool stuff. Like you get you know this over super overpower mode, but I always charge my overpower up and go i gotta save it for something really (laughs) um it's but you're right i like i feel like this is a this game is a throwback to the kind of games that they don't make or 
we've sort of evolved beyond. Well, that's id. I, I feel like that's sort of what id does, though, yeah. because id is, right. it is a classic developer. It's it's been around for God, I, I don't know how many years. A lot of years. It's been there, um, but I really would like to see something different from them at this point. Because Doom, I agree. the Doom reboot, Doom, the new Doom, uh, was fantastic. It was great. Good job. Good job, guys. But what else? Are you what? What else can you do at this point? You know. Yeah, and and you know, it used to be the showcase of the new crazy John Carmack engine that was going to blow mm-hmm. the doors off technologically. And Boy Rage Two, in my opinion, <clears throat> playing on an Xbox One X. I'm not playing on PC. Maybe it looks better on PC, but <clears throat> I would expect on Xbox One X that it would look really good. I don't think it looks that good. I think the textures are really muddy and flat, and the game itself is fine, but doesn't, I mean, you compare it to something like uh, destiny Two, it, it just doesn't hold a candle to just how pretty that game is. Um, so that isn't even a, a draw for me is how great. And avalanche helped develop this game. They, it is very similar to a game that I liked from Avalanche called Mad Max. Oh yeah, weird. You play. You were, you were one of the other three that played Mad Max. I yeah, played some exactly. Mad Max too. I think it's excellent. Yeah, it was and a good game. It was fun, very decent. It was it's funny decent to game. me that that what they decided, the calculus that they decided was, uh, oh, let's use a better IP to make the same game on a better IP, and the better IP from Mad Max is Rage. Uh, it's just a weird. I think Mad Max is a better, more satisfying game overall than Rage 2 has been for me so far. I finished, um, I told you this offline, I finished a stronghold and I had this, it was like late at night, and I had this weird moment of being like, I already, did I already do, what did I do, is, am I playing Mad Max? Like, literally it felt mm-hmm. like the same, I like, was Mad Max first person or third, like, very similar games in terms and of and you can get mad max for like three dollars on steam you know? it's, <laughs> it, it is very cheap um and it is good it's really how good how many so copies I, did that sell i'm so curious I can't, I, yeah it was not it didn't it do well did it it, yeah. but, it was a ps a plus game. game at one point god it's a shame because it's a, it's a, i think it was very underrated i don't know why people didn't gravitate to that ip i think it's a cool ip i don't know but maybe um, people are just afraid of gay movie games you know maybe yeah, maybe that's, you know, potential. But anyway, I I would suggest playing that game over Rage 2. I think Rage 2, as you said, Christian, I think it's fine. There's there's some fun to be had. There's some really cool kinetic firefights. But at this point in video gaming, cool kinetic firefights are a dime a dozen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you know, there are a million great shooters that do shooting great. I need a little something more. And the sort of tone and world building in this it's all very abrasive and come on butt hat we gotta do the thing with the other <laughs> expletive yeah. and i'm an expletive yeah, it's a, yeah it's right it, it, literally i think there's three words spoken at the beginning before an f-bomb which is fine but it just it just is very guys in your face it's called rage roll. i don't know what what you <laughs> expect <laughs> oh good point. never mind i love it you are i was me my bad <laughs> touche chloe touche but I don't know. I just felt like it, the characters are all ridiculous throwbacks to the beginning of gaming where you didn't have characters. You just had these, you know, two dimensional shouty machines. And I just, I just, I just want more from games these days. And this one uh, didn't, didn't give me it. So a little disappointed in rage Two, to be quite honest. All right. Well, we do have a listener, uh, 
submitted review, which you can always do by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. This one is actually well-timed, I think, because you know, we, we talked about Portal. Uh, we're talking about uh, some games that aren't super current. This is a review that John Benton sent us to dlcfeedback at gmail.com for a game that was released in 2004. So this is for City of Heroes. He says, City of Heroes was a superhero MMO released in 2004 and shut down in 2012. This was the game I was married to for a very long time. And it's back, kind of, thanks to someone in the DLC subreddit who pointed this out to me. Long story short, there has been a secret private server running since shutdown with about 3,000 players. It's now open to anyone. The game is certainly a bit dated, but it's still an amazing experience. I actually had a LAN with my coworkers this weekend, and they played it for the first time and were absolutely hooked. Oh, his coworkers are awesome. Sorry, I just had to point that out. I think so too. Uh, In the game, you create a hero or villain using one of the most flexible character creators I've ever seen. That, paired with an insane amount of different primary and secondary power sets, makes it a truly unique experience. If you want to play as a classic cape-wearing, flying, super-strong melee character, you can. Want to basically be an earthbender from Avatar? Do it. Want to have an army of robot pets? Got that. Want to be a half robot, half cat samurai with fire armor? Go for it. One of my coworkers made a huge eagle character with an elemental bow and arrow power set named Horus. I was playing a retro sci-fi character with a water tank for a head who threw fire blasts and healed rapidly. The other player was a robot who could control enemies by manipulating time and gravity. You can fly, super leap, super speed, and teleport around the multiple zones. There are missions and large raids against giant monsters, and the community is fantastic. I bounce off of most MMOs pretty hard because I'm forced to play character tropes that are done to death. I don't want to play as another barbarian or orc or knight. In this game, you can play as a kid whose head got turned into a pumpkin, and now he can blast water from his hands, control enemies with ice, and run at super speeds. I'll put the link in the DLC subreddit, and if anybody wants to try it out, I will be happy to show them the ropes. Sold. Very cool. Very cool. So that's, uh, again, that's City of Heroes, which is a game I played back I think around 2004, 2005 time. Um, was it Raptor Man or what was Raptor yeah, I mean, Man? Like, Raptor Man was DCUO, I think. This oh, okay. is like, it's funny because we were talking about Second Life. I think it was a, around the same time, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, probably. Very, yeah. When M- MMOs game. were like a thing, everybody thought MMOs were the future. Yeah. Um, so thanks, John. That's why. And it's cool that he offered up uh, his time to help show people the ropes. So I hope somebody, some people take advantage of that. All right, let's move on. But first, I want to thank our second sponsor, which is Backblaze. Backblaze is a gimmick-free, unlimited cloud backup service for Macs and PCs at just six bucks a month per computer. It backs up documents, music, photos, videos, drawings, projects, everything. And the backups occur automatically and stay out of your way. You have access to all your data anywhere in the world, on the web or on the go with the mobile apps. If you choose to, you can just restore one file or all your files, the choice is yours. And you can even restore by mail. If you have a complete system failure, you can purchase a hard drive or flash drive with all your data on it and have them overnight it to you via FedEx. That's pretty rad. And then you can even return that drive and get a full refund. It's a win-win. They have over 750 petabytes of data. That's 750,000 terabytes or 750 million gigabytes. Over 40 billion files have been restored. That's a lot of return documents and memories. So 
make sure to visit backblaze.com slash DLC so they know where you came from and we'll continue to support our show. You receive a fully featured 15-day no-risk free trial at backblaze.com slash DLC. So go there, play with it, start protecting yourself from potential bad times. Start today. Backblaze. All right, we got to spend a little time talking VR because uh, in talking to Chloe and asking what VR games you may have played, you said all of them. Are you a, are you a VR nut like I am? I'm actually – it's funny. I'm not, but I played – so back when I worked at Machinima, I spent so much time in VR. In fact, I actually had a show on Altspace once every two weeks. It was like an hour-long show. And we had an audience yeah. and they would come back every week. And it was basically a stage show. We never prepared anything. We just would improvise. But I, yeah, I've, I've spent a good amount of time in VR. Um, actually, it's funny because I have an Oculus and I have a, a Vive. And I just gave my Oculus to my dad because he just set up his racing simulator. Whoa. Yeah, he just got I- it. He just bought, I've been trying to convince him to buy a computer for years. And then he was like, wait, you can actually just have a race car simulator in your house? And I was like, yep. He's like, oh. And so immediately bought like a really nice computer, Falcon Northwest. They're amazing. Uh, Three monitors. He's got the – I gave him my Oculus. um, And he's just – he just lives in a race car now, basically. (laughs) That's that's where he lives now. Do you know what what game he's playing? Um, He's got two of them. I'm trying to remember which one because I am not a race – our yeah. um the, i assume the two ones that had that support those peripherals um that's cool oh god he told me the names now i can't remember what they're called uh that's right. but yeah what is your what are your sort of top experiences in vr what are you are you sold on the tech are you excited for this next generation of vr tech uh yes and no because i think there's two places in gaming where this technology is going to shine three two 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 places and it is horror and it's mm. uh pornography and uh i'm not really i don't really need number 2 uh but also number 1 i can't take i can't handle yeah, I was it just saying, i don't need number 1 i, I, I can't uh... do it I, I i i'm already sweating thinking about resident evil i'm literally sweating i don't sweat and i'm just like my whole body is just like oh no no we don't do that i tried paranormal activity uh, and I know this is a bit of an older game, but I played it at GDC before they'd even released it. And then I played it again, my friend uh, Ricky and Elliot. You guys should check out the show. Sorry, just did like a little quick plug. Uh, internet today, really good. Um, but yes, they threw me in. Ricky was like, you should do this game. It's scary. I'm like, you don't want me to do this game because you've never seen me in a horror VR game. And he's like, no, that, that's that's what we want. It'll be perfect. It'll be really scary. I'm like, no, I don't think you understand. It's not going to be fun for anybody. And so he threw as he was like, it'll, you know, it's going to be fun. So he throws the helmet on me. And the first thing you do in paranormal activity VR is walk up to a, like an open grave. For some reason, there's just an open grave in a yard. And I'm like, why would I go to that? I don't, there's either going to be a ghost or something terrible is going to happen. 
Why would I? Yeah, move? there's no good reason to go to an open grave unless you work for the grave company. Yeah, there's <laughs> literally in horror games, they're like, oh, you must move forward. I'm like, but there's a freaking door. There's a front door right there. And I'm I'm going to leave and go home. I don't want to be here anymore. Why would I do this? I don't need to solve the mystery this bad. I don't. <laughs> Let it be a mystery. Yeah, I'm fine. It's fine. There's a guy with a shovel walking around. Uh, just go out the back door and and walk to the nearest police station. I'm good with that. Thanks. No, don't go there. I've played Resident Evil. You don't go to the police station either, though, Chloe. Don't you understand? There's no way you can go. Wait, the one on uh, the – wait. Are we talking about the – not the most recent one, obviously. Wait, no, you're talking kidding, about I'm the – re- good. <laughs> I see what you did there. I see what you yeah. did there. Good point. That's true. But the <laughs> the one that the, – the VR version – uh was it res resonating seven yeah seven yeah it was seven um very 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 scary very different from your average resident evil game i mean i i wouldn't even necessarily put that in the series because it's so so different um well i think it's cool that they did that i mean oh i'm i'm thrilled that they did that absolutely i think it was a very it was fascinating i do not put me in that headset <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the part there's there's a part, I don't know, pretty early on where you have to hide behind a barrel while uh. while one of family members is shambling through the house. Uh. And I remember in the headset like literally being able to peek out and around look through cracks uh. and see. And I was like, this is awful. Yeah, this is a good awful experience. feeling. I, mean, I have an awful feeling in my soul right now. It's uh so, I had my yeah. hands over my face. I hate it. I hate it so much. And it's so- well, on the other end of the spectrum from that, uh, I played the game that Christian talked about last week or the week before. Was last it? week, yeah. Last week. Ghost Giant, because Christian lent me his copy. And um, it is could not be farther away. It still involves ghosts, but it could not be farther away <laughs> from what we're talking about. Um, and uh, I found it very charming. It is... Basically, a series of escape rooms, kind of little puzzle rooms, but they're not rooms because you are a giant. You are a ghost giant, and you're interacting with what is a uh, a very cute paper crafted little diorama world. And as Christian mentioned last week, and as I have said many many times, I am a sucker for little diorama worlds, especially in VR, because everything seems so physical and tangible and tactile. You can feels like you can reach out and touch any of it. And in this game, you do reach out and touch a lot of it. Um, you're helping out this little kid, uh, and it's it's got a very French feel to it. it. I I did not love the pace of this game. It's it's storybooky and very slow. It feels like a game made for young kids hmm. to me. But uh, I did love the art style, the art production, or the um, the art, the um, production design. And uh, the puzzles themselves, I think, are good, not great, but it's a very charming game, well worth people's time. It's on PlayStation VR, uh, and it uh, there's a lot of funny things. Like there's there's extra stuff to do in all the levels where you can find little things, poke around. I mean, you're a giant, right? So you can literally remove the roof of houses and peer inside them and see what people are doing, and it's all anthropomorphized little animals. Christian mentioned this last week too. And you were right also, Christian, in mentioning that the tracking is so frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you're trying to throw a little basketball into a little basketball hoop, which every level has a basketball and a basketball hoop hidden in it somewhere. 
So I'm always trying to throw the basketball, but it's, you throw like there's no physics. <laughs> it's like yeah. I'm moving, I'm moving my arm in a arc and the thing goes like off a weird angle. And I'm like, come on PlayStation VR tracking. You can do better than that. Yeah. So, PSVR is not the best of the VR. Not ideal. Yeah. Not ideal. Um, but yeah, I found, I found it very charming. I don't think I fell in love with it quite as much as you did, Christian. I really want you to play. And I think this is coming out for quest. I really want you to play the fisherman's tale. Okay. Because I think it does this a little bit better, uh, but it's a similar thing where you're, it's very French and you're having the story and you're doing puzzles in one like location before you can leave that location. But it, uh, I just prefer the puzzles in that game are a little more mind breaking and a little less, um, just keep poking around until something you find something, you know? Um, and I found that the pace a little bit more to my liking as well, but, but ghost giant well worth playing and a, a charming game, a nice relaxing super, game. It looks super cute. Isn't it? it, it is cute. How much is it? It's, it looks like it's, it's yeah, it's, it's, like 30, it's like 25 bucks. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Not bad. Eh. Yeah, it's a good. It's a good little game. I, I don't, you might have ended up playing more than me over this weekend, but to me, what was pulling me forward was the story, and and I was getting ready to unload the waterworks for like, Aww. you know, kind of what's happened, and 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 I think yeah. that's what pulls you in. It's not necessarily the puzzles. It's like a simple point and click adventure game, but you know, made in this beautiful VR world, but then telling this, and I think it's slow for that purpose where it pulls you into the world, gets you attached to this character, the way VR games can get you more attached to, you know, characters like Moss and stuff like that. And then starts revealing what's happened and, and right. why they are a certain way. And, why he uh, needs to do what he needs to do. Yeah. 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 And, and that is lovely, but I, but it, yeah. Yes, it is lovely. And I full stop, you know, I, I'm not even going to qualify that it, it, the thing just felt a little bit like a kid's storybook, mm-hmm. um, which is nice, which is a nice change of pace. Uh, I just, <clears throat> well, I mean, you know, it's kind of, it looks like it's got sort of similar aesthetics to like Ori and yeah. Yeah. Or tear away is another example. Yeah, of right. Yeah. A cute, beautiful little game. And one I recommend, I just feel like there are, games that do it. it, One thing that I want to say about it is, and I think Christian, you mentioned this last week too, is that this is the kind of game that is way better in VR and that VR allows for. I think there are these kinds of uh, puzzle games that allow you to manipulate things. And the, the thing that's fun about it is that you're manipulating the things. If this was on a 2D surface, just pointing and clicking is way less fun than reaching your hand in and pulling the top off of a building mm-hmm. and seeing what's inside and then, you know, leaning over and looking down into it and seeing there's a little person in there doing a thing and watering the plants and stuff. It's like that, just that level of interaction and feeling like you are poking around inside this thing that's all around you and tiny is joyous and interesting. So. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of DLC. We do have parting gifts coming up, so stick around for that. But Chloe Dykstra, what a joy it is to talk to you. Thank you for being <laughs> thank here. Thank you so much for having me. I just did the, oh, like a very, oh, thank you very much. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> thank you. No, it's been, it was been, it was great to be on the podcast. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, it's really fun. 
It was super fun. Yeah, well, thank you. And tell folks where they can keep up with you and your goings on online. Uh, I'm at Skydart uh, across the board. And then also uh, keep an eye out if you guys have heard of Hard Drive Mag. If not, go check them out on Twitter. They're super, super funny. Um, and we're doing some stuff maybe in the coming week. So keep an eye out. That's exciting. Hard Drive Mag. Love it. Christian Spicer, what do you got going on this week? Well, I mentioned it earlier, and and I will tweet it out uh, as well, because I apologize for shifting the time. But I will be streaming Sekiro Shadows Die Twice on Wednesday evening, uh, looking around 8 p.m. Pacific time, and also Friday evening around 9 p.m. Pacific time on my Twitch, twitch.tv slash Christian Spicer. I will also leave those streams up, so if you're not able to watch it live, you can go and see how bad I am. Maybe I'll maybe I'll uh, surprise myself. I'll I'll be I'll be even better. Um, and then still fundraising for St. Jude. So you can head to christianspicer.com. I have a really easy link there right at the top. All of your money goes to St. Jude and tax deductible, all that good stuff. And the first 31 people that donate between now and the end of the month, I have 31 digital codes for my 2017 stand-up album to give away as a little freebie thank you. I should note that album is for mature audiences, explicit lyrics. So if you're 10, thank you for donating to St. Jude. Hopefully you asked your parents first, but, uh, Maybe don't listen to the album. <laughs> Jeff, cool. what about you? Um, you can always find me on Twitter at Jeff Canada, which is spelled with two N's and one T. You can always email us here at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. And I have some other stuff for you to check out. If you like movies and TV shows, I do a movie and TV show review podcast called The Slash Filmcast. It's over at slashfilmcast.com. This week we're talking about John Wick 3, Parabellum. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, good fun, that movie. And uh, also, thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody that has sent me kind notes. Many of you sent emails and tweets uh, having tuned in to Dungeon Run, my new live play Dungeons & Dragons show uh, that I'm DMing. I am so proud of it. I am so consumed by it. It's, it's, I'm working so hard on it, and I'm really grateful for everybody that has checked it out. Um, it's on YouTube, the Dungeon Run. Uh, it's on YouTube on the Caffeine YouTube uh, channel. Uh, it's also an audio podcast if you want to catch up that way because they're pretty long. Uh, but all, but the real action is when we stream live because you can interact with the show, uh, and that's Wednesday nights at six PM Pacific time at caffeine.tv slash the Dungeon Run. All right, let's wrap the show up now with our parting gifts. Chloe, do you have a suggestion <laughs> to help people get through their week? It's funny because I've been watching a lot of old movies I've already watched uh, a million times over this week because it's been a very long, stressful week. But I actually last night watched a movie that I have not seen before. It just came out, uh, a January film, um, which usually January is not a great month for films. <laughs> uh, uh, I think it was January, but at least the beginning of the year. Uh, and it's called uh, Escape Room. And it is a horror film. And I saw it. I think it's on Amazon. I'm not 100% sure. But saw it. It's like, this movie's probably going to be terrible. And it was actually really good. I have a couple yeah. I have like a couple little issues with it. But if you come out of – I have a kind of a rule where if you come out of a movie and you really enjoyed yourself during it, it's, it's fine. You can you can you can like that movie even if it wasn't yeah. perfect and 
Escape Room surprised actually really surprised me with how uh, fun it was to watch. Uh, I'm a big Escape Room enthusiast. Talk about Portal, uh, and uh, it's cool because you get to see the game mechanics in a film, and it's it's fun. I highly recommend it. Cool. And you saw it on it was streaming somewhere? It's on streaming. Yeah, it's streaming. I'm pretty sure it's on Amazon. I don't think it's I don't think it's Netflix. I think it I think it's Amazon, yeah. Escape Room the film. Uh Christian Spicer, what's your parting <laughs> gift? Uh I I think it was like episode around one forty, maybe one somewhere between one forty, one forty five when Emotions B sides came out, but Carly Ray Jepsen dropped <laughs> a new album on chloe laugh while you want you got to listen to it it's i have so a good. lot of friends that are very into carly ray jepson i'm laughing it's with you oh good okay good good yeah her new album weird. dedicated came out on friday it's incredible it's absolutely incredible um it's a breakup album and if you didn't know you know the tabloid life or whatever um it, it's such a positive breakup album where i think a lot of times well one you know I never want to wish ill on people, but like Adele, we need a new album. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, yeah, I mean, I mean yeah. yeah. Hopefully your emotional states, uh, unhappy because your music is inc- incredible and I need it. Beyonce, <laughs> great album. What a great album when she was not happy. Also good album when she's happy. Just can but, all of them be sad so they can make beautiful music for us? <laughs> right. Exactly. That's what, that's, that's what we need. Uh, but dedicated as like a breakup album, uh, so to speak, it's still upbeat and it's joyous and it's about all the great things about love. Um, there are some sadder lyrics in there as well, but don't sleep on it. And don't, and while it is, you know, bubblegum pop in that genre, don't dismiss it as just that and uh, give it a listen. I think you really like it. Well, Christian, in an unprecedented bit of serendipity, this was sent to us. Uh, you can always send us your parting gifts we like to feature a listener's parting gift on the show. You can send it to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. Listen to this. My name is Will McDonough from Clifton Park, New York. I love DLC and will always look forward to hearing your parting gifts at the end of the show. I just wanted to take a moment to write in a suggested parting gift. I've been a music lover my whole life, and I would like to think I have a pretty broad taste in music. That being said, I was surprised that I had slept on this artist for as long as I did. <laughs> Literally I- the same words. Sorry. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I would recommend that you and your listeners don't make that same mistake. Take about 45 minutes, sit down, and listen to Carly Rae Jepsen. Yes, the Carly Rae Jepsen of Call Me Maybe fame. Jepsen has transformed from a somewhat generic bubblegum pop artist into one of the best writers in pop music today. She mixes elements of funk, new wave, house, and disco to make some of the most interesting songs in pop. In 2015, Jepsen released what might be the most criminally underrated album of the last 20 years, Emotion. This past week, she has released a follow-up album called Dedicated, and it is fantastic. I know that not everyone is a fan of pop music, but you would be doing yourself a disservice by not giving her a shot. Thanks yeah. for what you guys put out into the world. Look at that. I agree. And B-Sides, I think, improves upon Emotion. Um, but yes, well... Kindred Spirits, thank you for that. That's, oh, I agree. I have to go listen to a Carly Rae Jepsen album now. <laughs> I guess I do too. Uh, that is some synchronicity right there. Uh, but look at that, seconded. Uh, my parting gift is uh, a movie that uh, I really enjoyed. Watched it last night with my wife called Wine Country. It's a new movie on Netflix. Um, and it stars basically every woman from Saturday Night Live, like, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Uh, 
Maya Rudolph, Amy Poehler, Tina Fey, Rachel Dratch, that whole wow. crew. Um, and it, it's it's basically uh, a, a bunch of women that you don't really see starring in movies or, or about a story you don't really see a movie's made about, which is a woman turning 50 and having a weekend with her friends. And these are very charming, hilarious women. And this movie has made me laugh out loud several times. It's uh, it's quite funny. And, you know, they go to Napa to the wine country and get drunk and then say things they probably shouldn't have. And it's it's quite a funny. Jason Schwartzman has a small part in it as well. Uh, I think Maya Rudolph is a national treasure. Yeah. She is hilarious and she is amazing in this movie as well. Um, it's very light. It's very fluffy. It's very fun. But well worth watching. Wine Country on Netflix. And fun fun story. It's actually based off of an actual trip that they took to Wine Country. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. It's funny to me because – it seems like they all, I mean, they all clearly met in Chicago doing improv and the stories about them having met in Chicago, like working at a pizza place. And um, it seems like they're all playing versions of themselves. And Amy Poehler is basically playing Leslie Nope. It's like, <laughs> oh, it's like, she's really Leslie Nope in real life. It's very funny. I think this um, sounds like the the backstory between the Oceans movies, right? Where it's like a group of friends wanted to take a trip together and then someone was like, we'll make it a movie. <laughs> like, we'll go to Italy. <laughs> yeah, and- that's pretty much, that's what I, I suspect as well. If you can do it, if you can pull that off, go for it. You should All see right, this new it. movie Jeff and Christian star in. It's called Christian Got an Oculus Quest. And Jeff got the fancy, fancy Valve uh, Index. And both Not are playing for VR months, for months, over Christian. 90 minutes. Might have to get and a quest. And also in Hawaii. <laughs> and in <Yeah>. Hawaii. Because <laughs> if you have something covering your face and ears, you might as well be in Hawaii. While you're, <laughs> right? two, two wacky VR enthusiasts spend a wild weekend in the in hawaii you'll never guess what happens when christian plays vr with no wires and jeff plays vr in the highest fidelity possible <laughs> find out this summer <laughs> aloha vr coming <laughs> guys i would totally not watch that movie <laughs> they were going for a wedding when suddenly they realized they were more married to vr than, i don't know <laughs> just, just wait on, you us. missed the record scratch yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Two hours of us standing with with masks on, just going. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. <laughs> no, 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 but but in front of a beautiful landscape, <laughs> yeah, beautiful. just the most gorgeous Hawaiian sunset behind us. <laughs> gorgeous. <laughs> all right, all the money's on the screen, everybody. All the money's on the screen. Um, that's gonna do it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again to Chloe Dykstra and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Thanks to all the folks in our chat room for hanging out and making the show better in real time. We appreciate you guys and your input. Uh, thanks to our musical contrib- contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star for the cool bumpers. And thank you to each and every one of you who downloads and listens to the show. We appreciate you, and we will be back next week. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.